And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on Today's Experience. It's Expository Thursday, but we're not doing anything that I scheduled for Expository Thursday because we're going to finish what we were doing with Wild and Wonderful Wednesday. So even though we're going to talk about the fact that it's Thursday, we're heading backwards to Wednesday, so to speak. And the reason that we're doing this is because the truth of God can set us free from trying to control everything in our lives. Ooh. Now, remember yesterday I said this, that I love it when a plan comes together. You know, that's that line from Colonel John Hannibal Smith from the A-Team. The problem, of course, is that too many of us Christians have plans that are based in the flesh— Selfish selfish ambition, you know, the personal ambition, self-glory. And that does not sit well with the Lord. So now I want to repeat this one passage that we talked about yesterday in James chapter 4. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow will go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while, then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. Today, we're going to get to it, because yesterday I didn't get to it. And that is, we're going to examine two essential guarantees from God that will help us understand that sometimes the best offense is to lay it down at the cross. If God is the only one that can give the growth, and he's the gardener, maybe we should stop trying to be landscapers of our own life. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, prevailing, and surrendering. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations. My life's insanities. And oy vey. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? They can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us live during the show, 214-210-8483, 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972 972- Four four five zero seven seven zero. When you call that number, your world could be shaken because you'll end up talking to Dynamite D. Hello, lucky person. You got the number right because you are talking to kid a Dynamite. Dynamite. 
Talking to Dynamite D, that's like going to a place where people know who you are and they're glad you came. That's, Sounds like you, Dave. That's like nice. I love that. That's so nice. Isn't that nice? Listen, if you've got a prayer request or a praise report, this is a phenomenal opportunity for you to share. Some people, they get all like, I want to share, but I'm afraid because I might not say it right. Welcome to our world. <laughs> we don't even know what we're doing half the time. The show isn't following any pattern today. I'm doing the best I can. You do the best you can. You got something to share? Do it. Let's do it. Share a testimony. Maybe you've got a, a, a prayer request. You're just like, I've been praying about this thing. I need more people praying for me. I need help. Uh, something that I've been asking people to do, by the way, is to pray for Don, who owns the station, for Jennifer, who runs the station, and for Dynamite D, who helps run this show. Without him, there wouldn't be a show, so I want you to be praying for them, of course. But if there's something you need prayer for, bring it on in. Let's take care of it. Let's bring it up before the Lord. Let's surrender it. Let's watch the power of God touch the situation. How awesome is that? Insert God, change life. It's like, wow, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that disrespectfully to the Lord. I fully mean that. I mean that when we recognize God in the situation, every situation we do that with, everyone changes. When we surrender it into the hands of God, it becomes altogether something different. So if you've got something you want to share, you got something you need prayer for, you got something that's going on, you got a question, we will do our best to answer you. Why didn't TCU play better? That we have an answer for that. They're not there yet. Right? That's that's fair, right? We have we have answers for that. What happened to the National Hockey League? They went woke. Now they're going broke. That's what happened. Every professional league. Yeah, no kidding, right? Except for uh except for one that I'm going to mention in the history. They, they, they have not yet done that yet. All right. Here's your trivia question. Ready? This is fun. Who took over from Moses as the leader of the Israelites? Who took over for Mo? That's right, Mo, as the leader of the Israelites. If you think you know the answer, 972 445 You can also text in 214-210-8483. Additionally, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. We give you permission to do that as well. We do have somebody. Do they want to answer the trivia question? Is that is that what we got? Or? Well, they provided the answer. But that's just what they just want to provide the answer. They want to they want to provide the answer off air, off air. That's fine. Yeah, they can do that. Did they already give you the answer? Yeah, they said. Um, I kind of forgot. Well, now go back and ask them. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love it? Don't you love this? Is us? This is our lives. Enjoy it. It's just like you. <laughs> so he hung up. I think it was. Um, the, okay, if you. Okay. Okay, they're picking it back up. They're going to give you the answer. See? So you think everything goes perfect? This is not a television show. We don't edit. We do everything live. Joshua, son of none. That is correct, sir! They are right! (laughs) It is Joshua.
sure. Now, Joy ain't got the pow-pow on the last one. Al got the pow-pow on this one, but that is a great job, and people should recognize why that's so important because it's Joshua, son of none. It's like, who's the only person that didn't have parents in the Bible? Joshua, son of none. Ah! Nice job on the <laughs> caller. Good work. That is exactly correct, Amunsky, or Amundo, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm in the mood. I'm in the mood today. Uh, okay, I want to go back to this text. We're not going to spend a t- uh, ton of time on the review of it because I want to get to this other part. But listen to this. This is superbly important. We talked about plans of the flesh for personal ambition and glory, self-glory. Those are plans that are contrary to God. Guess what? There's one superstar in heaven. His name is Jesus Christ. Nobody else. And so one of the big things that we came up that we discussed yesterday was understanding that our plans that we make need to agree with God and his plans. If you consider the passage that we quoted in James, it's it's without a doubt a mockery where he's like, listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we're going to go to this city. We're going to spend a year. We're going to carry on business. We'll make money. We'll do this. We'll do that. And God is like going, your life is like a vapor. A vapor. Have you ever uh, had a mister in your house? Have you ever had a, a, a cough or congestion and you put the little water in the little thing and it makes uh, mist and so on and so forth? That's what the Lord's talking about. You see that stuff for a split second, then it's gone. Then the next se- the next mister stuffy comes right behind it. It's just like that's what the Lord's trying to say to you and I. A day with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. Well, guess what? We're in that short element with the Lord. And one of the things that we need to do is recognize, especially because of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, that we need to get on board with his plan. The Bible says, in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. So the first and foremost thing for us to just get in the back of our heads is our plans need to agree with God's plans. Now, here's two guarantees. I want to give you these guarantees because I love you guys. God is a gardener. He's a gardener. I know people need to understand. Adam and Eve, they were put in the garden. What were they supposed to do? They were supposed to take care of the garden. Landscaping, first job ever. First job ever. Landscaping. John chapter 15, verse 1 through 5, Jesus said this, I am the true vine, and my father, my father is the gardener. For those that are trying to get a biblical reference, that God is the gardener. Well, there it is, John 15, 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So here is two absolutely outstanding biblical guarantees, I promise, that will help you, rock you to your core. Number one, if you are in the Lord, God will prune you. (laughs) This is like, wait, you mean he's going to make me eat prunes? Kind (laughs) of. It's more like cuts you back to a certain point, you know? I am not a, a, oh, I did 
lawn maintenance, but I'm not really a landscaper. But my mom used to have a pretty decent garden, and she would go out there and she'd prune her little roses and so on, and she cut them back. She cut them back. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing, Ma? What are you? What are, they're growing. Leave them alone. No, no, they gotta have gotta be stronger. They gotta be firmer. They gotta be more able to endure the elements. So we cut them back so that they grow in with greater strength. Guess what? That applies to you. Well, I know, Dave, but it's three steps forward, two steps back. Yeah, but that's net one step. And the idea is that God absolutely promises, guarantees. It is absolutely guaranteed. Anybody who says it's not is lying through their teeth. God will prune you so that you will be even more fruitful. That's the first guarantee. Here's the second guarantee. Along with the fact that God will prune you, apart from being in Jesus, you can't do anything for Jesus. I, I know. People try to be Christians without Christ all the time, kind of like taking Christ out of Christmas. It's so absurd. Jesus said, if you remain in me and I in you, that is a two-directional remaining. You remain in me, I remain in you, Otherwise, you can't do anything. You can do nada for the kingdom of God. You gotta be thinking, what? You mean I gotta abide in him? I gotta I gotta I've gotta remain in him? That's the word abide. The word abide, the word remain means get this, ready? Because it's really complex. Live. You have to live in Jesus and he has to live in you, or no. I'm not doing that perfectly. He knows. And he knows you're trying. But some people, you're using Jesus as fire insurance, and the answer is no. You're either in or you're not. You're either in the kingdom, being pruned, connected to Jesus, or you're not. And what he does teach us is that we, we will produce tons of it with him. We can do so much. Apart from him, you can do nothing for his kingdom. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. Wow. That is wow. Powerful. All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. 
Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? For the president of Focus on the Family, when you got that position, I'm talking the initial moment that you knew you were getting that position, were you thinking, what? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Given my background, I was going, no, no, no. In fact, I got home, said to my wife, Jean, this is what I've been asked today. And she looked at me and said, who would have thunk it? <laughs> that summed it up. That was that entire day. I was just like, oh, my goodness. My wife and I used to pray for the poor guy coming behind Dr. Dobson. <laughs> yeah, you were praying for yourself. You didn't even know it. That's exactly right. Does he have a sense of humor or what? That's great stuff. Excellent material and an excellent interview, Jim. I really appreciate it. Uh, you did a great job, and I just want to thank you from my whole heart just for all the work that you're doing, for the people that you're blessing, and for this project that you guys have been working on on Irreplaceable. Nice job. Thanks, David. You may be from a Baptist background, a Pentecostal background, a non-denominational background. David Spoon has that too. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, then give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. And I'm going to give you a trivia question, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a hint ahead of time. It is as simple as you think it is. And if you understand the expression, no outliers, no, 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 like the, we're looking for the the main ones. Which three kings are said in the Bible to have ruled all of Israel? The three major, there's actually a fourth, but that's a minor player. That's what we'd call an outlier. Uh, what were the names of the three kings that ruled all of Israel? If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Al has the best answer of the day, though it is wrong. It is still the best answer of the day. Uh, somebody ready to, uh, boy, we're just rock and rolling on this right away. All right, send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good, Gary. Um, uh, I'm, I don't want to say I'm flying by the seat of my pants, but maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes you just got to try, right? You just got to do the best right. you can and see what it is. 
So, all right, this is a, I think this is a stumper. A lot of people have been stumped, which kind of surprises me. Uh, what, which three kings are said in the Bible to have ruled over all of Israel? I would say King Saul, David, and Solomon. That is correct, sir! You get a triple bonus. That is pretty darn good. That is something else. I got to say that that's some people, you know, you might throw in Absalom in the sense that for a very brief time, but it doesn't seem like he was really ruler over all Israel. But that is exactly it. You had Saul, you had David, you had Solomon, and man alive, only one of those three were like lights out fantastic. And that guy arranged an assassination. That's just yeah. like, wow. God is merciful, is he not? Yeah. <laughs> he is. Awesome job, brother. You got that. Nailed that. That's a great, great, great job. I really appreciate that. Thank you, and I'll keep praying for all of you. All right. Thank you, brother. We will keep praying for you as well. Okay. God, God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Excellent job by our brother. Excellent. So you guys should know this. So Saul, and then David, and then Solomon. Okay? All right. All right. We will uh, hold off on the joke part because I want to get into this teaching part. This part is <sighs> amazing. Okay. I've shared this story before. I'm going to share it again. Why am I going to share it again? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, because I'm a glutton for punishment. So for those that don't know, I had a pretty athletic upbringing. I used to play competition tennis in Detroit, Michigan. I actually was trained by a guy named Bob Love. Bob was a you know ranked player. My dad actually t- I thought about this the other day. My dad told me to say something that I didn't realize what I was saying. And then when I said it, I had already realized that I was in a lot of trouble for saying it. But Bob Love was explaining about serves and explaining about, you know, the first serve going in and spin and so on and so forth. And I said to him what my dad said to say. I said, your serve is so slow I can write my name on the tennis ball before it gets over the net. <laughs> I, never, I don't think I've ever told anybody that on the air. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> He was so mad. He wasn't kind of mad. He was really mad. <laughs> like, because that's pretty insulting, right? Your serve is so slow, I could write my name on the ball before it gets over the net. And you say that to a ranked player, right? And you're a kid, right? All right. So anyway, I was pretty uh, athletic, competitive, and uh, we played baseball at city championship in Southfield, Michigan. And uh, with uh, uh, Adam Shaw and I were just, uh, you know, buddies. We were on multiple teams together. He was one of my best friends. And uh, I was like lights out one of the best players in the league. I'm just telling you. And uh, every once in a while I'd play catcher because I was a first baseman, but I was getting bored. I was involved in a triple play. There was bases loaded. Somebody hit a liner to me. I caught the ball, landed on the bag, threw it to second, all three people out before they could score a run. Okay, so it's like it was just great, right? City of Championships, we're killing it, we're doing great. I love it. I think I put this in my book. You could tell the team that we were playing was superbly inferior. We were destroying them, and I knew that the last out's going to be a strikeout. And for us to win the City of Championship, what person should have the ball but David? 
after he strikes out. So I asked the coach if I could play catcher for the last two innings. He was like, I can't remember if it was the last inning or two innings. He said, sure. And the whole point was they were striking out left and right. I moved from first base to catcher. He never really told me no about anything because I was one of the, the major players. And uh, we were destroying them. Strike out one, strike out two, just a boom, 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 boom. Last batter. We're up by 15 runs. He didn't do mercy rules back then. And uh, the last batter gets up there. He's got two strikes or a strike and fouled it off or something. Hits the ball. Listen to this. He hits the ball. He hits a dribbler down to first base. The person who subbed for me in first base got the ball, stepped on the bag, jumped up and down. All the kids went around running around him. And there I was as the catcher thinking that I was going to hold the ball for the, for the city championship. Guess what? Guess what? The glory that I sought for myself was befuddled by my attempt to make it happen. I tried to manipulate the circumstances the best that I could to get the results I was trying to do. Now, I know I'm the only Christian in all of the universe who's ever tried to manipulate their circumstances in order to get the conclusion that I was trying to get to. And I apologize for that. And for those of you who are listening to me right now and going, oi, yeah, I feel your pain. I really, really do feel your pain. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is we can't control everything we're trying to control. And recognizing that God prunes us and that apart from remaining in Jesus, there's nothing. And that the plans of man, self-glory and exaltation and personal ambition come to nothing. In our own brilliance, we do, and don't tell me you don't do this, because if you do, I'll, I'll throw up right here on the air. We sanctify our plans in order to Christianize them, even though they might not be from God. No, of course we do it. And so in doing that, we try to control. Here's the answer to that. In order to live in the kingdom of God, we have to die. It has to become the end of us and the more of him. That's what he must increase is all about, by the way. So John 3.30, he must increase, I must decrease. We all need that. And all these things that we want to do and all these things that we think we should do and all these things that we try and coordinate, sometimes the best thing in the world is to take all of these things and lay them at the foot of the cross and say, there you go, I can't touch it. If I touch it, I'll pollute it, I'll warp it, I'll destroy it, I'll ruin it. I can't do it. Here. You take it. And for all that I want to be, like I want to be like a, 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 a good host, I want to be a good brother, I want to be a, a good husband, I want to be a good dad. I want to be all those things. You know, sometimes the dad part and the grandpa part's not as good as I think it to be. Here's, here's, I'm not perfect. I'm vulnerable. I got my own problems. I got my own issues. 
I have intimacy issues in the sense of my dad was so distant. It's amazing that I have a relationship with God because of how distant my dad was. Amazing, right? By grace, right? Here's what I know for sure. Every time I try and make it happen and bring it to the Lord, even if I couch it in superbly spiritual tones, all I'm trying to do is manipulate. And sometimes the best answer is not to try and coordinate everything, but let the Lord bring it. Don't try and make it happen. It's better, better advice to walk with him as it happens. That's just personal, good, practical advice. When we come back, I'm going to deal with a very, very challenging scripture, but you guys will get it because it's a big part of what we are. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The David Spoon Experience. There is this pursuit in people to find happiness. And we've just been revving up and going through the one person who had the capacity, who had the resources to do whatever he wanted to do in order to find happiness. We find out that as Solomon, who writes the book of Ecclesiastes, tells us, he tells us all these different things that he tries. What he's seeking to do is find what is uh, something that drives men, what is Something that drives women? What is something that drives children, people, humanity to just keep going when everything seems vain and everything, everything seems meaningless or everything seems frustrating? And so he goes through, because his resources are unlimited, if you'll keep that in mind, he goes through a whole litany of things. He goes through searching in through knowledge and wisdom. Talks about that in Ecclesiastes 1 12 through 14, finds out that's not the answer. He does it in partying and drinking wine. I lived in Temecula, wine country, part of wine country in California. Solomon had more wine than these people could ever dream of. He talks about that in Ecclesiastes 2, 1 through 3. He talks about building a house, personal accomplishments, doing a garden. He had artistic works involved. Everything you can imagine Solomon was doing. I mean, he was doing it all. He's creating gardens. He had amassed a ton of wealth. He had high levels of entertainment. He had male and female singers. The guy had more sex than any person could ever even imagine. And he had superiority and control. And he gets to Ecclesiastes 2. And when he gets to Ecclesiastes 2, 10, and 11, he says, When I surveyed all that my hands had done and had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. He could not reach the level of satisfaction that he was searching for. That was his conclusion. He poured resources, he did this, did a lot of stuff. So he gives two hints, two declarations, I should say, not really hints, to help us understand what is the answer to pursuing happiness. Ready? Here it is. This is I, I'm telling you, this is the biblical answer. There's no other. Here it is. Ecclesiastes 2, 24 through 26a. A person can do nothing better than to eat, drink, and find satisfaction in their toil. This too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? To the person who pleases God, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. 
The answer, Solomon said, is God has to give it. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 12 through 13. I know there's nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in their toil. This is a gift from God. Sometimes Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Get ready for your next trivia question. I can tell you the answer is found in Judges. When Gideon attacked the Midian camp, what did he tell his soldiers to shout out? Okay? Pow, pow would not be the right answer. <laughs> Just saying that right now. When Gideon attacked the Midianite camp, what did he tell his soldiers to shout out? Last trivia question. Gary has a great job on that Saul, David, and and Solomon. That was a great job. That, here's the next trivia question. Let's see if we can get it. The number to call, 972-445-0770. You can also text 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. We will, at this point, send you over to the website. Two things to remind you of. One, if you've got general questions that you're just wondering about the ministry or some things about the Lord, there's a great contact us sheet on the website. Plus two, there's a great place to be able to give on the website. You can give securely without any problems. Please check out hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. <laughs> that was it. That was it? Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with, that was me trying to grab a fish while I was fishing and then slipping and falling headlong right into the lake. While eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Which I just had yesterday, by the way, so that's so funny you should say that. (laughs) Good call. Uh, Your trivia question, when Gideon attacked the Midianites, the Midianite camp, What did he tell his soldiers to shout out? He said, say this to two beings in the uh, call that he's uh, referring to. Okay? Let's see if you can get that answer. That's a tough one. I didn't say it would be easy. We had tough trivia questions today, right? I mean, they were tough. They were hard. Gary came through. We got it. All right. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. Uh, also, you can text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Let's do our history. Let's go All right, now I don't know how this works for humans. I know how it works for my two dogs. It's Dog Biscuit Appreciation Day. And if my dogs were listening to the radio show, they would give me a big pause up. They love the they love the doggy biscuits. They love the doggy biscuits. When they <laughs> when they come in, 
for like when they're out and they're barking and say, stop barking, come on in, and they come in, we reward them. And they are aware that it is doggy biscuit time. It's just uh, amazing. Today is also uh, Tennis Day, which I thought was funny because we told that story. I told that story about tennis. It's National Banana Bread Day. Yum. Love banana bread. Just absolutely love it. And then here's the one thing I was saying, that this might be the one sport that is not actually woke, but it is also not a brilliant sport. It is curling is cool day. Now, curling is when they have those metal rocks or the metal stones, I'm sorry, and then they, they put them on the on the ice and you try and knock things out and so on and so forth. Hmm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a stretch at best. Let me, let me just say that right off the top. Uh, okay, a couple of interesting things. This is the most fascinating from a historical point of view. Uh, on this day in the year 303, uh, there was an attempt to terminate Christianity. Did you know that? The Roman I emperor didn't. ordered the Christian church at Nicomedia to be raised, or Nicomedia, to be raised, to be have the scriptures burned, the treasures seized, and they would terminate Christianity and celebrate the feast of Terminalia or Terminus, uh, which is the god of boundaries. Despite this effort by the Roman emperor, Christianity became the actual preferred faith 21 years later. So he tried to wipe it wow. out, and 21 years later, it took over the country. Wow. <laughs> See, trying to wipe out Christianity has always proven to be the best thing for Christianity because of how it spreads. Just remember that in the coming years. Very interesting. Yeah, don't forget that. And then uh, the last thing, another Bible thing, 1974, on this day, Jesus makes the top 100. Sister Janet Mead's recording of the Lord's Prayer makes it onto the Billboard Top 100 charted uh, for 13 weeks, reaching number four and going gold. <laughs> it's like amazing. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, 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 ding. All right, there you go. All right, here you go. One more time on the trivia quiz, and we'll get to the rest of this uh, teaching, which has its moments right here. Uh, when getting an attack to the Midianite camp, what did he tell his soldiers to shout out? Right now, Joyan and Cordelia have the pow pow. That's a tough one. These are tough trivia questions. People were like, oh, they're all so easy. Remember that one person said you shouldn't make them so easy? Okay, answer in Greek. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but they, they did a great job in answering that. Let's get back to this text and understand what's going on. This is what I want you to understand. I think it's fantastic that I get to share with you my feelings of what I'm going through as Christian. I I I know how we've got it set up in the in the church. How the church has it set up is you've got a pulpit, right? All right, and then you've got the the pastors raised, right? And then what? Then the people are all sitting in chairs with the pastors raised up, and people will point to Ezra and Nehemiah. They don't often point to Jesus, where one portion says that he was sitting in a circle with them uh, and that Jesus sat down with people. So they don't often talk about that, but they like the authority structure. Here's what I like. I like that we're just like amongst ourselves. I don't want to be your pastor. I'm your brother in the Lord. And the idea behind this is to understand that we're in this together, and some things go great and some things don't. Don't go great. And when I share with you my personal uh, feelings and experiences, it's not to uh, it's not to sidestep the Word of God. Most of you know me pretty well by now. It's to understand that there's application of the Word of God in everything we do. What I recognize is that when I am in this place that I am trying to control, and the Lord confronts me, first there's this little war between me and God about letting go. 
And then the letting go becomes the height of wisdom. So this passage, most of you will understand full well, Second uh, Corinthians, I'm using Paul's references, and this is for him, not for me, but it's all in context. Because of the surpassing great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness." Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, first thing is I know great teachers— the thorn in the flesh for Paul was an eye problem and da-da-da-da-da, and they would have given their, their own eyes to him, even though that was a common expression. I disagree because i just going to follow the text. Paul says, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan. I think he was being tormented by some form of satanic attack. And then to say that it was his eye means that God doesn't know how to heal very good. Anyway, that be it as it may, he pleads with the Lord to take it away. Lord, take it away from me. Lord, take it away from me. Lord, take it away from me. No, was the answer. No, my power is made perfect in weakness. What? How can that be? I thought we were all supposed to be a certain way. When we come to an end of ourselves, then there's more of of the power of God operating in us. In other words, in James 4, 7, where it says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. The reason that the devil flees is because we've submitted ourselves to God, and the submission to God enables the power and the presence and the anointing, the wisdom and the truth of God to operate in us more, which then enables us to resist. And that is exactly what's being said here. I'll boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses. For Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults. That's being persecuted for the, for the shape. In hardships, it's difficult circumstances. Persecutions directly related to the faith. In difficulties, it doesn't even matter if it's just difficult. It's just hard. Great. Because when we're weak, then more of God emerges through us. And that's what he wants. So to a certain extent, as you read this and look at this, you understand Paul and you understand this phrase, I'm hoping in weakness. In the weakness of who I am and what I do and what I can do and what I can't do, I am hoping as the Lord works through me and as I surrender. This, for those of you that have gone through different phases in your Christian walk, this is the phase that has to do with brokenness. Like, that's enough. Time to lay down your life and pick up the cross and follow him. Powerful stuff. It's hard to imagine that we can be strong when we are weak, but it's impossible to be strong without it being the power of God. That's the difference. 
All right. For when Gideon attacked the Midianite camp, what did he tell his soldiers to shout out? The answer is for the Lord and for Gideon. That's what they were supposed to shout out. Take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770. Truth Station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Destroying everyone in Since the dawn of the Internet, people have been looking for a website they can be proud of without costing an arm or a leg. People want a quality website to promote their ministry, business, hobby, or passion. Introducing Cowpunch Sites. Cowpunch Sites can help you create and maintain a quality website. From design to security, Cowpunch does it all. Cowpunch is a family-owned and operated business, taking a fresh approach to business. Lots of clients at lower prices. Make mom happy. The most significant benefit of working with Cowpunch Sites is that you work with real people, not cheesy templates. No outsourcing. It's $57 a month, and there's no setup fee and no cancellation fees. When you go to cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's me. Oh, did I mention that it's $57 a month? Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no bull. Um, Dave, this is a nice radio station. Oops, sorry. That's Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no bull-oney. There, that's better. Cowpunchsites.com slash dad. In my entire life, of course, I mean, you know, my career used to be the, you know, the only thing I cared about, you know, in a sense, and now my family is my priority. So I still love my career, and I love what I do for a living, but it, it keeps me grounded because, you know, the the primary thing for me now is making sure that, you know, I've got a active and healthy family life. You know, it's really, it's our privilege. We want you to know how much we appreciate it. I think your talent is uh, undersold in the context that it's not promoted enough. I think some of your stuff is just anything that makes me laugh, especially the way the world is now, anything that makes me laugh, I love. I think it's gold. So I think you've done a lot of gold. It's incredible, and it's never been done before. And you can be the first person in your neighborhood to win. What is it? It's a contest. How do I play? It's simple, and there's three ways to win. You can go to Facebook, type in David Spoon Media. And on any Facebook post, type in the word Jesus in the comment section. And it's free. You can also send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and write the word Jesus in the subject line. Or you can go to YouTube and give a comment on any video. But you have to use the word Jesus. This is your chance to win, and it's free. What do I win? You can win 100 thank yous right on air. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. But it's only for a limited time. Enter now. Here's a taste. Thank you for listening to the David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMEN 770, the truth station here in Texas. We're getting ready for our last trivia question, and 
not an easy one again, though I have a suspicion you guys will be able to get there. This trivia question does not have to be answered perfectly via text in the sense of you don't have to say it exactly the same way, but you got to get the general idea. When Jesus predicted that we would hear of wars and rumors of wars, how did he say we should react to such news? When Jesus predicted that we would hear of wars and rumors of wars, how did he say we should react to such news? <laughs> if you think you know the answer, uh, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email to David at he must increase dot org. Okay, we got uh, moving it along. So this, if you, if you can tell, I'm hoping you guys can tell that in this particular type of teaching, I'm trying to be. Uh, I I think it's fair to say I'm trying to be more vulnerable in the context of recognizing that many of us we do we we go through a lot of great things. We have great victories we have uh, upset times we do things swell we do things uh things kind of swollen or not so well and in this process we don't stop we don't quit we don't do any of that but there becomes a time where you get it all before the lord and i love this when they do this at churches you know where they pass out the piece of paper and they say write down your biggest fear your biggest worry your biggest concern whatever and then you know during worship they can bring it up here and lay it at the feet of the cross i love stuff like that because it's imagery and i understand that and it's but if we could use that as a point of faith a point of contact for our faith just like the woman used the if i touch the garment i'll be healed if we can use it as a point of contact for our faith it's a powerful powerful touch in our lives and we need that okay we we need that and so there's times where this this is most most appropriate let me read you a couple of passages and i think you'll get it second corinthians 7 4 through 5 i've spoken to you with great frankness this is the paul this is paul i have spoken to you with great frankness wow really See, everything we think that Paul writes, he's like, it's so, uh, what's the word we're looking for? It's like just theological, and it's this, and it's mechanical, and it's like, no. In 2 Corinthians, which we're teaching out of, he expresses a lot of um, frustration and hurt. And he says this, I have spoken to you with great frankness. I take great pride in you, and I'm greatly encouraged. In all our troubles, my joy knows no bounds. For when we came to into Macedonia, we had no rest. We were harassed at every turn, conflicts on the outside and fears within. Now, what people miss is that Paul just said fears within, conflicts on the outside. It was tough, and he was going through it, and he knew he was going through it. And so he reaches out to them, and he says, I, I'm telling you just where I'm at. There's not a lot of teaching on I spoke to you with great frankness. Now that I'm thinking about it, maybe there should be. Because the idea here is that Paul is being vulnerable. And he's just like, here it is. 
And he's like, you know, and then we got there and we're, you know, we're, we're, we're so happy about you guys and our connection to you, man. We got to Macedonia. There was no rest. Okay. Which everybody knows how that feels. We were harassed at every turn. Conflicts on the outside, fears within. That's very personable. That's very vulnerable. And what's the solution? The solution is the same solution that he, he that he gives later in the same letter. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. My grace is sufficient for you, Paul. My power is made perfect in weakness. This is wow. That's just like power. For Second Corinthians thirteen, this is after that text in Second Corinthians twelve. This one hardly gets taught as well. He is not weak in dealing with you, but is powerful among you. For to be sure, he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. Likewise, we are weak in him, yet by God's power we will live with him in our dealing with you. In other words. We got nothing of strength of ourselves. We have no power that is of right. You know, the way that man, the arrogance of man and his power, man couldn't even keep the planet with the first two people. They forfeited the planet by by falling for Satan's traps and lies. I mean, apart from God, we're a mess. And here's the, the the irony is what Satan used as the very, very, very first tool to do it all. He said, yea, hath God said? It's almost like he's challenging the very thing that God said. Look, it comes down to this. Our life comes through God. And our pride and our wisdom and our manipulation and our self-glory, they, they're really helpful to try and accomplish things. And some people get a lot of stuff done. But they're going to face God. And when they face God and have, deni- and have been in denial of him, they will receive eternal judgment and separation from God. Period. Oh, I want a mulligan. No mulligans. Well, I want to live again and try it again. It is appointed on man to man once to die and then the judgment. But when we stand before the Lord, what, what's, what's going to happen? We're going to drop to our knees and say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Thank you for being Lord. I throw everything before you. I lay everything down at your feet. I just praise you and pray to you continually. You are my strength. There I was, a young man trying to manipulate the circumstances around me. And if I had just let it go, it would have come my way. But nope, nope. There Abraham was with Sarah, thinking, God made us a promise. It's been 12 years. We're going to have to get on this. We'll make it happen ourselves. Nope, nope. Then you create an Ishmael. This is going to be the weirdest thing you've heard me say in a long time. Ready? Sometimes you just do nothing. You just keep your focus on the Lord. You just recognize he's in charge. That's a big part of trust. That's a big part of faith in him. Patience is a big part of operating in faith. The faithfulness of God will prevail for the moment. The faithfulness of God will prevail for the circumstance. That's powerful. If we can walk it. Don't try and coordinate everything. You're not in charge of everything or anything. 
you can't guarantee the breath you're going to take two minutes from now. And some people around the world will not take a breath two minutes from now. That's what we deal with. We surrender to the king. He is in charge. No flesh will glory in his presence. Nobody will boast before him, ever, human or otherwise. All right, the trivia question, by the way, when Jesus predicted that we would hear of wars and rumors of war, how did he say that we should react to such news? The most direct response would be not to be alarmed, but to not be afraid, not be concerned, not be freaked out. That's the one thing you and I got to do better is stop freaking out. God's not up there going, oh, oh, I, I didn't see this happening. Wow, this is catching me by surprise. No, it's not. He's got it. And whether we go through more of it or get called up to him, which is what we'd all prefer, it is in the hands of our God, and so are we. So then if we're in the hands of our God, let us trust him. Though God slay me, yet will I trust him. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Just as I am, you reach down and see my freedom. Views and opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.